We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your professional host once again this week. Um, back to Ooh. yes, back to the uh, normal podcasting format this week. We hope you enjoyed last week's informal, very professional look, inside look at uh, what we here, Jacob, Maggie, and myself do for prep work. We thought it was kind of fun. Hopefully you guys found it as entertaining as Jacob did. As I understand, he listened to it at least three times. Um, And uh, so, yes, back to the normal format this week. We got a couple of things that we want to talk about, and uh, I want to bring in the rest of the crew for this, Maggie, Jacob. Um, So... At, by now, you probably have seen something, heard something about uh, NFL regular season expansion and playoff expansion. And so right now, what the NFL owners are looking to do is for the start of the 2020 season, so this coming season, the NFL owners want to add a seventh team in each conference to the playoffs. So instead of having six total, 
12 between both conferences, you'd have 14, 7 in the NFC, 7 in the AFC. So that's something they want to implement this coming season, starting in 2020. And the other uh, thing that they would like to do, some of this I can get behind because it involves cutting a preseason game. Uh, But what they're shooting for is the start of the 2021 season. So not this coming year, but the following year is dropping the preseason from four games to three games while adding a 17th game to the regular season. So you've probably seen it, probably heard something about it. The owners are going to be, they would like to get all of this done before the start of the new league year, which starts on March 18th. So little under a month away uh, from where we are right now. So I'm sure we'll be seeing lots of it in the coming weeks here, coming days. But um, Maggie, Jacob, just kind of your let, – let's start first with the playoff format, the adding the seventh team to each conference. And so just for some context, uh, if this seventh team rule was in place this past season – uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have been the seventh seed at eight and eight in the AFC, and the Los Angeles Rams would have been the seventh seed in the NFC at nine and seven. And also, I forgot to mention this, so I'm going to put this in here now. The other part of this rule change would be: you're probably wondering, only the number one overall seed would get a buy. So the 49ers and the Ravens would have had the buys, and then Kansas City and Green Bay would have played respectively in wild card weekend. So, um, but Jacob, I know you're not a big fan of this playoff expansion. So, just real quick, and I know Maggie, neither are you. I think we're all on the same page. We 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 have mixed emotions about it. But Jacob, just your kind of takeaways of adding a seventh team to each conference. Yeah, I know, like you said, the um, playoff matchups for this past season would have been good, at least from a Blue Bloods marketing standpoint. You know, the Packers and the Rams, it would have been the Packers, who are obviously the league's oldest franchise, all that good stuff, and the defending NFC champions. So that would have been cool. The Chiefs and the Steelers is an old-school thing. That would have been cool. Outside of that, um, I I don't like it. I, I, I think that... You know, I was against when when baseball expanded their postseason to include a, a second wild card team. I just think the regular season should matter, and you're basically rewarding mediocrity. And I mean, you talk about the Rams nine and seven. Okay, sometimes nine and seven teams make the playoffs, and sometimes that's because they had some injuries or they played in a really tough division. I understand stuff like that happens, but more often than not, you're looking at bad teams making the playoffs when that kind of stuff happens. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are a really good example of that. They scraped to eight and eight and we would have had duck Hodges as starting a playoff game. I, I understand it's going to make money. I understand there's going to be three wild card games on Saturday and three wild card games on Sunday. And that will be cool from that standpoint. But I just think that you're watering down the postseason and, Listen, the NBA does a lot of great things in terms of marketing and promoting their stars and stuff like that, but their playoff format is horrendous. We're half the teams in the league make the playoffs, and right now we're at 44%. 
And eventually, I'm telling you right now, it's going to expand to eight teams at some point too. So eventually we'll be at straight on half the teams making the playoffs to the point where that just doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. That should be special, and the more teams you add, it's not. Well, can't argue with anything there. Maggie, I know you're kind of in the same boat here. Your your thoughts on this? I mean, I guess the only good thing about it is that it gave us something to talk about in the dead of the offseason. Um <laughs> Although I really did like talking about dodgeball for the majority of last week. I just don't get it. I mean, I'm fine with it, I guess. It's, you know, I've seen most of the reactions on Twitter like, well, I'm still going to watch it. Same. I'm not going to not watch football because of, you know, a new playoff structure. But it just it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And like Jacob said, if you're just adding teams to give – more teams a shot. You know, if you're 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 and you happen to miss the playoffs then, you know, that makes a lot of sense, but if you're a 7 and 9 team as the 7th seed and you know, I appreciate a Cinderella story as much as anybody else, but I I do think it just it's not something that makes a ton of sense long term. I don't think that the playoff structure was broken. I mean, I thought maybe if anything changed, it would have been, you know, kind of the seeding structure, keeping six teams and, you know, based on wins, who hosts instead of having a team from each division host a playoff game, you know, whatever. I thought maybe that would have been the change, not adding a seventh team. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's interesting. Jacob had mentioned before uh, the show here that, you know, you're going to be one of the other things is you're going to be dropping to only one buy and something that would be interesting to see is how many one versus one matchups you would get in the Super Bowl uh, because Jacob as you pointed out those first round buys are very valuable um, and it gives teams something to fight for and I, I know the NFL that some of their logic is probably going to be well it just makes the you know fighting for that number one seed um, you know all that you know more important and more valuable but you know, you're also hindering other teams and making it harder to win a championship if you don't have the best record in your conference. So um, I want to move quickly to the 2021 proposal because I have some thoughts as a whole that I want to follow up on here. But I want to get your guys' take on the um, expansion of the regular season as a possibility. Uh, I'm pretty certain we can all sit here and say, I'm pretty sure I certain I don't need to ask what everybody's thoughts are about dropping down to less preseason games. Um, I feel like we're probably all on board with that, but um, Maggie, the idea of adding a 17th game to the regular season, as well as at, at that point, if they do add the 17th game, then you have, more playoff teams and that 17th game thoughts on adding an extra game. I mean, I get the argument that, um, you know, they're, they are still thinking about player safety because they're eliminating a preseason game. But as a lot of Packer fans will complain about, you know, the starters don't even play in the preseason. So you're really not saving them anything. You're just adding on to their, uh, their, I guess, injury risk by adding a 17th game. But again, it's just one of those things to me that it feels like it wasn't a system that was broken and I don't necessarily get why the league would be changing it. I'm okay with going to three preseason games. I don't really think the fourth game offers much extra insight. I think after the first three preseason games and all of training camp, you know, teams kind of figure out who they want, 
who they're interested in. The fourth team or the fourth game maybe gives you maybe like one or two guys that flash, but it never really seems like a necessity or there never, it never really seems like there's a player that becomes a roster lock after that fourth preseason game. In fact, if you are close to becoming a roster lock, you typically don't play at all in the fourth preseason game anyway. Um, so I, again, I'm going to watch it. I guess maybe it makes things more interesting if you are, in fact, adding a seventh playoff team. Um, because now, you know, you could have like a 12 and five record or like 10 and seven instead of 10 and six. So there's some interesting dynamic to that, but I guess I'm curious to see kind of where that 17th game falls. If it's an international game, uh, if it would be interconference, if it would be, um, you know, like another, I don't know. I'm, I don't know about a lot of this. I'm, I just don't like it, but maybe I just don't like change. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I'm going to touch on that in just a second here. But, Jacob, your thoughts on adding a 17th game? I'm sure you're all in favor of dropping a preseason game, but adding that 17th game, thoughts on that? Yeah, one thing about dropping the preseason game that I don't like, I understand as fans that preseason is crappy football, and I understand the points that Maggie just made, but those are also opportunities for – Guys like Jared Boy- Jared Boykin made the roster because of a fourth preseason game. That's one example. Uh, and I know that that doesn't happen all that often. But even then, guys that get put on the practice squads, guys can have an extra opportunity to put stuff on film. The games aren't necessary. Those games aren't for guys like Aaron Rodgers. We know he can play, for example. It's for those guys like that that are hoping for a shot. Maybe if they make a play like that, they have a chance to stick in the league a little bit longer. Now – you take that game away, it's fewer chances for guys like that. So I at least feel for the bottom of the roster types on that. As for adding the 17th game, I'm just curious to see how the logistics would work because I've seen some say that the league then could start their season in the last week of August, or they could roll president or uh, the Super Bowl into the weekend before President's Day, which as somebody who has suggested the Super Bowl be played on a Saturday – I would be all for that because most people don't work on President's Day Monday, or it's at least one of those holidays. So there's a possibility of having that Monday off. That way, if and when the Packers win the Super Bowl that year, the three of us can get together and get absolutely housed and not have to worry about going to work the next day. I work on President's Day, Jacob. Yeah, I did too. So did I, but we'll have to figure that out then. (laughs) Um, We have to get better jobs that don't let us work or don't make us work on President's Day. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to – this is really interesting. Um, that, And I, I feel like a lot of people feel this way, and I'm wondering why. Because I, I think we can all agree, and Maggie, you said it, that yes, okay, if the NFL adds a 17th game, like us as fans, we're not just going to all of a sudden be like, oh, well, you added a 17th game, so I'm not watching football anymore. Like, that's not reality. And same thing with the playoffs. Like, you're not just going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm not going to watch the, you know, one of these playoff games because I don't want seven teams. But I think it's really interesting, and I'm in this boat, and I, I was realizing this, that the season ended, what, two weeks ago? And we all, what did we all say the Monday after the Super Bowl? We were all depressed that there was no more football. And now the league is offering to give us more football, and we're all sitting here saying we don't want more football. 
So I've always thought of the NFL, and I I want you guys' thoughts on this and see what you guys think. Maybe maybe this is a stupid analogy, but I've always thought of it like this. Um, Do you guys – I'm assuming both of you like Girl Scout cookies? Yes. Am I a red-blooded American? I don't trust where this is going, Nick. Well, okay, so so okay, so it sounds like the answer is yes. You guys both like Girl Scout cookies, so I think the NFL is like Girl Scout cookies in the sense that I think partially you can only get Girl Scout cookies at one time of the year, right? It's like and it's coming up in like the next month, or maybe they're even doing it now. I don't know. I just know it's right around this time of year, and. You can't just, like, go to a store and buy it whenever. But everybody loves Girl Scout cookies. Like, everybody wants them. And I think part of what makes the NFL so unique and so great is the fact that it is the way that it is structured. It's not like baseball or the NBA where the season is – the whole season is 10 months out of the year. You get it for six months, and then it's gone for six months. Counterpoint. Yes. I have a counterpoint. All right. I'm I'm all for it. I get – more excited about Girl Scout cookie season because it is for such a limited amount of time. And when I have the Girl Scout cookies in my house, I eat like the entire box in one sitting and then I get sick. (laughs) So if the NFL gives me more football that I didn't necessarily ask for and it ruins a product that I already thoroughly enjoyed and it makes me sick, is it worth it? When I could have just enjoyed them for an, a limited amount of time. Well, that, well, but that's what I mean, though, is maybe th- like that's what makes the NFL great is that it is a limited time thing, right? That adding games doesn't necessarily – like we all say we want more football. But, I mean, l- like let's be honest. I, I, how much XFL – we're two weeks into the XFL. How much XFL have you two watched? Uh, listen, my – my DC defenders, led by "We Ain't Come to Play No School," Cardell Jones, are undefeated. And have you guys actually you take set... up off the show for that? <laughs> okay. Which part? All of this. <laughs> so, all right, and and here the show goes on the unprofessional track. Um, Listen, that is one of the five greatest quotes in the history of college football. I just need to keep that out. Well, I guess it was a tweet, so it's not really a quote. But all right. But back to the point, which is, I mean, I've had the XFL on in the background. But like, I mean, let's be real. I'm sure for you guys, as long as you don't have anything going on on Sundays in the NFL regular season, which I'm assuming that both of you like the only time you have something going on on a Sunday that prevents you from watching football is when something unexpected comes up last minute. Like you guys don't like both of you don't make plans to do stuff on Sundays, right? Like you want and you we sit down at noon and whatever game is on in your market, you watch that till three thirty. Or and I should, I I forget that you know this is a thing that there are other time zones. So maybe it's one o'clock if you're on the Eastern time zone or ten a.m. Whatever you sit down whenever that first game kicks off, you watch it for three hours. Then the second game kicks off and you watch that for three hours. And then the night game kicks off and you watch that till you have to go to bed, right? And like so that's a reality with the NFL. I got to tell you, most of the XFL for me right now has been background noise. I've had it on, and, like, I'll look up occasionally from the book that I'm reading. Yes, I know how to read, Jacob. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll see what's going on, but it doesn't hold my attention like the NFL does. So we all say that we want more football, but, like, let's be real. They've given us more football for the second year in a row now, 
and how much of it are you actually watching? I think there's something special about what the NFL has with 16 games and the playoff structure that they have. So real quick before we move on, I'll let you guys respond to this because I'm sure you guys have some thoughts. Maggie, I'll start with you. Any counterpoints other than being sick over products? Like, is it one – like, is it extra football? Is it – I mean, it's a couple extra playoff games, but the number of games as far as preseason and regular season still adds up to 20. So, I mean, to that point, the wild card weekend is probably going to be just one extra game on the weekend, division round, championship game – or divisional round, championship game, and then Super Bowl. So, I mean, I get – is it extra football? I – I'm just having a hard time, like, conceptualizing the whole thing as more than a structural change. So it's not. So you're saying it's not as much a more versus less, just how it's being set up. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that having an extra regular season game will net teams more money than having a fourth preseason game. And, like, I totally agree with Jacob that it's really unfortunate for some of those roster bubble guys who maybe would end up then in a league like the XFL without having a fourth opportunity to latch onto a roster or a practice squad, that becomes unfortunate. But I think if you tell a franchise or, you know, an NFL owner, Hey, we're going to scrap a preseason game where you fill 10,000 seats and give you a regular season game where you might fill 50 to a hundred thousand seats. I think that's where it comes in. It's not really, the football that's changing it's the revenue and kind of the details behind the game fair enough and jacob any any counterpoints to what i brought up no i mean i think it's interesting that maggie brought up the point that she did about getting sick because that's something that now granted mark cuban is a owner of a competing league but he's talked about before you know being fat and happy or you know having oversaturation in terms of the NFL and getting too much to the point where it could turn people off eventually. Uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. As you guys can tell, I mean, the NFL is the king. And I know every year sometime around like June when all the stupidity of the off season is hit and we're talking about the same seven talking points after the draft and another player got in trouble or something like that. There are people that try and say the NBA has taken over, and, I mean, frankly, it's not even close. Um, so I understand what they're trying to do. I understand what they're trying to add. I think what Maggie said is accurate. I think sometimes people that are Packers fans don't fully understand that just because we are as lucky as we are that we have the greatest fan base in the world, and they fill up Lambeau Field for a game that doesn't matter. Uh, the, I mean, I've been at fourth preseason games, unfortunately, Uh, but they had a full stadium that doesn't happen everywhere else. You know, there's a lot of empty seats at those kinds of games. That doesn't happen in green Bay. So I'll be curious to see how it happens. If it's on the table, I'm sure it's going to happen. I knew it had only been a matter of time because we've been talking about that for years. I'm thankful that there's not 18 games just because I do think at some point, I mean, you're going to see, think about it this way, guys in 2010, the Packers had 15 guys on injured reserve. Imagine if they had to play two extra regular season games in addition to their playoff run. I mean, we might be talking 20, 30 guys by then. Yeah. Well, like you said, Jacob, I think it's true. I think it's inevitable. I think it'll be here. Um, and I, 
in a lot of ways, I think in a month here, I think we'll be talking about it as reality. I think both of them will become reality here before the start of the league year. So something interesting to keep an eye on, see where it goes, how it goes. Um, and we'll just have to deal with it. And I'm sure eventually we'll probably come to like it. So, um, well, with that, I want to move on to a different topic here. Um, something we had kind of talked about uh, leading into today's episode there's not you know there's league news but you know we're still kind of in that dead zone so uh there's a lot of free agent quarterbacks coming up this year some really big names and we thought it'd just be kind of fun to take a stab at where they might end up landing so uh, if you don't know by now Drew Brees has announced he's coming back for uh the 2020 season Assumption is that he'll wind up, you know, back in New Orleans. Uh, and then you have players like Tom Brady, who's a free agent, and what's he going to do? Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, just to name a few. Uh, Packer fans I saw on here um, are all in favor. And Maggie, I'm sorry for this because I'm saying this a little sarcastically, and I feel like you're not going to be happy with it. But we can always bring Brett Hundley back to Green Bay as a backup. Uh, he's a he's a free agent. Uh, Taysom Hill, he's a free agent. Packer fans, I know lots of Packer fans have feelings about him. Um, but let's let's kind of have some fun with this, guys. Um, we'll start with Tom Brady, uh, Jacob's favorite quarterback in the whole world. Uh, he. He will always text in the group about how he thinks he's the the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I keep telling him it's not true, but Jacob just won't listen to reason. So, Jacob, uh, where will your favorite quarterback, Tom Brady, be playing in 2020? Uh, The word that comes before GOAT is fraudulent. Oh, right. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, it's the fraudulent (laughs) GOAT is what Jacob thinks of Tom Brady. So I need to keep that out there. I really want him to go somewhere else just because I want to see what happens. And I think that the idea of him in L.A. or Las Vegas would just be interesting. One, because then that's another domino because now instead of trying to – like if the Chargers don't get him, then they're probably drafting a quarterback. If the Raiders don't get Brady, they can just stick with Derek Carr. If the Patriots don't get him, they're not starting Jarrett Stidham. So there's somebody else in here that eventually becomes a New England Patriot. That being said, I've often said uh, I will believe that Tom Brady is wearing another uniform when I see it. If I were advising Tom Brady, I would tell him to go to Northwoods Care Center. That's a nursing home in Belvedere. (laughs) All right. And Maggie, where, where do you see Tom Brady ending up next year? I just have to put this out there and say that I am 100% all in on Tom Brady going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Is he an upgrade over Derek Carr at this point? Probably not. And I do not care. Like you are taking a franchise. (laughs) You are putting them in Las Vegas. Let's get wild. Let's bring in a 42 year old who, you know, many has said is the greatest of all time. Give him like a one or two year deal see what the hell happens because you want ratings. It's Vegas. And you know what? I don't know. Give Derek Carr to the Patriots. That might be fine. They might like that. Trade Derek Carr to the Dolphins. Like, send him anywhere. But you know what? The Patriots play the AFC West in 2020. And if Tom Brady is starting for the Raiders, 
and gets oh, to play I didn't the know Patriots, that. I will lose my mind. Okay, like he'll probably be a Patriot, and it's probably going to be really boring. But if he's not going to be a Patriot, can it just be the weirdest thing ever? And can he just become a Vegas Raider for like a year and then retire? <laughs> That's what I want. I'm in. I didn't know the Patriots played the West. I'm in. All right. Well, Jacob sold, and Maggie, I'm pretty sure, just sold half our listening audience on that. Um, I would love to see him back in New England just because I'm very much the um, – I don't know. Like, I wanted to see Favre. And his, what I wanted to see Favre – yes, Jacob, thank you. I wanted to see Favre end his career with Green Bay. I, you know, he's had such a great history. Like, his career will always be known – as New England, regardless of what he does over the next year or two. I think it would just be nice. I I mean, I understand he's got to do what he's got to do. And I even understand, like, the idea of him going elsewhere is, like, really fun. But, I mean, I just like that idea of he started there. That's where he built everything that he has right now. Just finish it there. Although, given how just awful the Patriots have been as of late giving him help. I wouldn't blame him for wanting to leave. So, all right, well, let's run through a couple quarterbacks here. We're running short on time, so let's just kind of get a little rapid fire from both of you guys here. Um, Phillip Rivers, Jacob, he ends up where? Uh, Indianapolis seems to be the, the popular name. He's another guy I don't think should play anymore, but, yeah, Indianapolis. All right, Maggie, Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Andy? Colts to end his career makes the most sense. All right. Uh, Maggie, Teddy Bridgewater, where's he going? Uh, Patriots. Patriots. Because, because Tom Brady's going to be in Vegas. <laughs> All right. And Jacob, uh, Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I'll, I'll say the Chargers. If they're not going to get Tom Brady, then I know I just said earlier that they would probably draft a guy, but that would make sense. All right. Um Let's see. Let me let me take a look here. Okay, the other fun one. Um, it's not high on the list here of stuff I'm looking at, but uh, Taysom Hill, Jacob. Where's Where's Taysom Hill going? New Orleans Saints is a gimmick because that's exactly what he is—a gimmick. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just he's not a quarterback. All right, and Maggie, Taysom Hill. Yeah. I think he'll stay with the Saints at least one more year. All right. Any of these guys coming to Green Bay as a backup? I got a couple of names here. Marcus Mariota, I know, is out there. Um, Some people have said that, you know, hey, maybe he should come to Green Bay uh, as a backup. Blake Bortles, is he really a free agent already again? Um, I don't know. Maybe that. Do you guys have any ideas of any of all of these, like, names that that are out there? Phillip Rivers coming to Green Bay as a backup to Aaron Rodgers, right? That's a thing. Yeah. any anybody that Green Bay should be looking at as a potential backup, and I'm sorry, Andy, that we're you know maybe throwing your guy uh, Tim Boyle under the bus here, but um, Maggie, anybody that sticks out to you in this free agent class? Uh, not I mean not a ton, and I also will say that I think Andy Dalton is going to get traded. Obviously, with Joe Burrow likely going to Cincinnati, so Andy Dalton also makes a lot of sense for me going to the Patriots if they don't keep Tom Brady. Teddy Bridgewater would be fun, but like I don't want the Patriots to be fun, so maybe they don't deserve Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> um, I kind of like I kind of want to see a 2015 draft swap 
where Marcus Mariota goes to Tampa Bay and Jamie Swinston <laughs> goes to Tennessee. Like, I don't think that would happen at all. It's just fun to think of the number one and two picks. It's like, oh, it didn't work out here. Let's let's trade it around. And then we have two, like, future Hall of Famers or something. I just, I don't know. It's the offseason. Let's, let's be weird about it because it's, they're all probably going to go back to the same places. And then what's the fun in that? <laughs> Maggie's all about having fun right now. <laughs> uh, Jacob, any of these guys on the list that you think Green Bay should be looking at? Uh, well, for one, I know Maggie just mentioned Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's going to be a Chicago Bear. I think that that seems to make quite a bit of sense. As Mitchell Trubisky's backup, let me make that very clear that that's going to be his situation. Uh, kind of the Ryan Tannehill to Mitchell Trubisky's uh, Marcus Mariota, if you will. So six games other in, guys, he'll be the starter? Who's that? So, so six games in, he'll be the starter? Yeah, that could be. If Nagy decides to bench him after the Bears start 2-4 and four or something stupid like that, then yeah, that's possible. Um, as for the other guys, I am still firmly in the camp of hashtag I don't care about backup quarterbacks. I think it's a waste of resources. I think it's a waste of money. Draft a guy in the fourth round if you want to do that and develop him. But if Aaron Rodgers goes down... If Aaron Rodgers goes down for more than Nick, you have, I think you have this down perfectly. You have like zero good takes, but this is one of them. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's that if you have, if you play four games, can he get you to two and two? And for that, Brett Hundley basically did that. I know that there were some really bad games mixed in there, but after four games, he was two and two as a starter. So there you go. That's what I would do if I were a backup or if I were looking at a backup quarterback draft one, don't invest any capital in it. Don't trade for Josh Rosen. Don't pay through the nose for Marcus Mariota. It's the backup. It's a guy we hope never plays because backup quarterbacks suck. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so there you have it, the uh, quarterback carousel, which will be, you know, something that will be fun to kind of watch this offseason. Uh, Maggie apparently will be watching very intently and very closely because she is bored of the offseason already and wants something wild to happen, which hard to blame her. I I mean, yeah, you, you, Maggie, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, what's the fun if we talk about all these things and nothing happens? So, yeah, let's see something interesting and different happen. So, all right, well, we are out of time uh, for today. But uh, real quickly, before we wrap up, uh, we like to do this at the end of every show here. So, Maggie, if people want to get in touch with you, follow your work, how do they do that? If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. I also write for Cheesehead TV and podcast with Perry Goldstein on Pax What She Said. All right. Awesome. And Jacob, same with you. People want to get in touch with you, follow your work. How do they do that? You can find me over at Packer Report at Packer Report 66 after the great Ray Nitschke who founded the website 47 years ago. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf, and I will just say in terms of Maggie's new podcast and her partner, I love that both names are easily gift. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that, uh, we are out of time for the day. Maggie, Jacob, thank you for joining me as usual, especially during this dead time of year. Um, stick with us. We're, we're about a month away from free agency, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see what Green Bay does. It'll be interesting, but uh, stick with us. We'll, we'll get there. Another season of Packers football really isn't that far away if you really think about it. So uh, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.